Starting your day with energy and focus is more than just about getting enough sleep. It's also about the quality, environment, and even the habits that promote restorative rest. Let's dive into that common challenge of waking up feeling refreshed and energized. We all desire to start our day on a high note, but often struggle with grogginess and feeling of fatigue. So let's explore some practical tips that you might want to consider trying and see if it helps you out. Hi friend, welcome to Made to be Thriving. My name is Melissa, daughter of the king, wife, dog mom, and a former elementary school teacher turned nutritional therapy practitioner. Are you feeling overwhelmed or even stuck in your wellness journey? You know that how you're feeling and what you're struggling with can't be normal and there must be a better way. I was there too. I started feeling that prompting of the Holy Spirit to dig deeper and he led me onto a better path with the right guidance that turned things around. This can happen for you too and I'm here to help you get there. There is hope as we put our faith first, lean into God's word and truth about how we need to take care of our bodies. If you're ready to stop just surviving and start thriving, you're in the right place. Whether you're in your car, working on your to-do list, or just needing to take a break from your busy day, tune in and be encouraged. If you're anything like me, waking up, feeling refreshed and energized, ready for the day, is just not your story. Maybe this has been a long-term thing that you've been struggling with for years, maybe since you were young. Maybe this has been something that's more recent. That's not normal, friends. It's not normal at all. While there can be so many different causes for this, there are also some very practical and common tips that are actually super helpful for a lot of people. So it really is going to depend on your current circumstances, your underlying health issues that you are working on trying to resolve or improve. But I wanted to go ahead and share some tips for waking up feeling refreshed that you might want to consider implementing. And maybe these are things that you never even thought of. And now might be the time to start implementing these things because you just never thought about it. You just assumed. You need to get seven to nine hours of sleep every night, but you have no idea how to actually wind yourself down. You're just busy, 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 and then all of a sudden it's, I need to go to bed now, and then you struggle getting to sleep, staying asleep because you're so wound up. So let's talk about some tips that could possibly be exactly what you're needing. Now, if you're doing all these things and you're still struggling, It's probably because you've got some underlying things going on that need to be addressed. But I highly recommend that you first take the step of trying to implement the core basics, the core foundational things that could very well be a missing link. You never know when those foundational things are exactly what you need. And you thought it was something way more complicated. It happens all the time. And this is why I created that foundational program, my Nourish to Thrive program, because So many people were not realizing the foundational things that they needed to implement that actually were making all the difference. They come to me thinking it's going to be some major complicated thing that we need to dive into and figure out. And often it's not that at all. Often it's they're not even implementing foundational things and it's not their fault. They had no idea. So this can also tie into our sleep. Maybe there are some foundational things that you just were unaware of. And by implementing 
some or all of these tips, maybe you're going to get your best night's sleep yet. So let's dive into them. First is understanding your sleep cycle. Sleep isn't just about the hours that you spend in bed. It's also about the quality of those hours. More importantly, it's the quality of those hours. Understanding your sleep cycle is critical. The average cycle lasts about 90 minutes and includes different stages. With deep sleep being the most restorative, aim to wake up at the end of a sleep cycle rather than in the middle, which can leave you feeling groggy. So really getting uh, a good system in place for your sleep, like we talked about recently, having more of a consistent bed and wake time, that can be really helpful in getting your circadian rhythm into a good routine and cycle. Once you do that, it's much easier to wake up at a point where you are actually feeling rested and refreshed rather than waking yourself up in the middle of a deep sleep cycle. And that is when you're going to feel super groggy, fatigue for sure. Okay. So understanding your sleep cycle is important. The next thing would be create a relaxing bedtime routine. I know you're probably super, super busy and you have no idea how to really wind down. All you know is you need to get to bed. The thing is, as busy as you are and as important as it is that you get all those hours of sleep, if you're just rushing to get into bed by a certain time, but you've never given your body a chance to relax and wind down before that, you're going to have a much harder time getting to sleep. So it's better that even if you are going to have to go to bed later than usual, that you take some time to really relax and wind your body down. You're going to have a much better quality of sleep when you do that versus when you just rush home, do all the things you have to do, get ready, and just go to bed. It's going to be a lot harder to get to sleep, stay asleep, and get a quality night's sleep. So create a relaxing bedtime routine. Establish a calming bedtime routine to signal your body that it's time to wind down. Try to include things like maybe reading, praying, journaling, doing some gentle stretching. Try to avoid stimulating activities like watching TV or scrolling through social media. I know that's easier said than done. I'm guilty too. We tend to watch TV in the evenings. That tends to be um, that mindless activity for myself that helped me wind down. It's been like that for years. So for me, it kind of helps me in a way, but I also know it has its effects as well. So that's an area even I need to work on is maybe not watching as much TV later in the evenings. I don't know, something to experiment with for sure. I do know that screen time in general right before bed is not a good idea. So that, yeah, that's going to include TV. It's going to include being on our phones. Those That blue light emits emitted by screens can actually disrupt our sleep cycle. So think about when you go to bed, if you tend to be someone who likes to scroll on your phone right before you go to sleep, all that blue light is really affecting your sleep cycle. So that might be something worth experimenting to see, especially if you're one who tends to go to bed, but then you it's a dark room and you're scrolling on your screen. If that's you, which I hear that all the time, I hear people say, oh yeah, I do tend to scroll on my phone when we go to bed. The thing is, it's probably one of the key factors disrupting your sleep. So when you go to bed, try to avoid being on any technology at all. If you have a TV in your bedroom, bad idea. That's really emitting a lot of that blue light. A lot of people tend to turn off the light, they leave on the TV, and then they kind of fall asleep to it. 
well, so much blue light is coming from that screen. So I recommend not even having a TV in your room at all, if possible, or if you do, don't have it on when you go to bed, leave it off. Okay, same thing with your phones. Try to put your phones as far away from you as possible. Turn them on airplane mode or silent. Um, just have them far away from you so you're not nearly as tempted to be scrolling. Also, the radiation from the Wi-Fi on your phones or any devices in your room is a negative effect on your sleep cycle and your mental health and your overall health in general as well. So trying to reduce any of that technology in your room is always a good idea because that could be affecting your sleep as well. Optimizing your sleep environment. So your bedroom should be a sanctuary for sleep. Keep it cool, dark, and quiet. So consider maybe blackout curtains, earplugs, or some sort of white noise machine if necessary. Invest in a comfortable mattress, pillows that will support a preferred sleeping position. So your bedroom should be a place where it is just relaxing. It's the place where you're super comfortable, can get cozy, and you're, let your body just relax and fall asleep. Be mindful of diet and exercise. What you eat and how you move your body can significantly impact your sleep. Avoid heavy, heavy meals, caffeine, and alcohol close to bedtime. Regular exercise, particularly in the morning or afternoon, can promote better sleep, but try not to exercise vigorously right before bed. So think those high-intensity workouts, not a good idea right before bed because your body is now amped up. Alcohol affects every aspect of our health. I'd recommend avoiding altogether, but if you are consuming, try to consume it as far away from bedtime as possible. Uh, same thing with caffeine. Caffeine is not a wise thing to include in your nightly routine, for sure. So these are some ideas to help you start eliminating, especially close to bedtime. Try to consume the heavier meals, maybe earlier, um, avoiding that caffeine late in the day. And any exercise you do later in the day, try to limit uh, how intense that workout is, or if you are doing any kind of intense workouts, do it far away from your bedtime. So as early as you can um, away from that time. Managing stress is also huge. I know we live in such a stressful world and every single client I see is living in chronic stress. We need to learn how to manage that because if we don't know how to manage our stress, it is directly affecting that digestive health your mental health, your physical health, every aspect of your health, stress is connected. Often, it's even a root cause. So think about that. Stress is often a root cause of your health issues. So if you take a moment to think about, are you living in chronic stress? If you are, that needs to be addressed immediately. You got to start working on that. Pray about it. What are things you need to cut out? How are some ways that you can better manage stress of the things that you can't cut out? Because there are things that we just, we have to do, right? There are those things that we have no control over, but the things we do have control over, should we cut them out? Should we eliminate? Should we reduce? How do we better manage our time so that we can better manage our stress? Stress and anxiety are common culprits behind poor sleep. Practice stress management techniques such as deep breathing, stretching, maybe some journaling, praying. If you find your mind racing at bedtime, consider keeping a worry journal or write down your thoughts and put them aside for the night. 
This would be a great tip. If you find that your mind is just racing right before bed, it might be a good idea for you to have a journal where you just write down all the things. I don't know about you, but sometimes I go to bed and suddenly it's like, oh, I need to do this tomorrow. Oh, I need to do this tomorrow. And I have this long list that's just running through my head and then I'm struggling to fall asleep because I've got all these things just racing in my head. So maybe try using a journal. See if you can just note it down. Or if you think of, oh no, I need to do this tomorrow, go quickly, put a reminder on your phone so you don't forget and you're not worried about forgetting because it's just running through your mind. Instead, just go set a reminder on your phone or go write it down or something like that. That would be really helpful. Spending time in prayer is a great way to help manage stress as well. That's something I do when I feel really, really stressed out or anxious. I need to go to the Lord. I need to just sit in some quiet. I need to listen. And I'm speaking to myself right now on this because there are some times where I'm really bad about doing this. And then there's other times where I know I just need to go get on my knees and I need to seek the Lord because I am high anxiety, stressed, all that. I am someone who's also dealt with panic attacks and things like that. And I know myself well enough now to know that if I feel like panic attack is coming on, I need to go to the Lord. I need to go pray. That is the first step I need to do. I just really need to pray. I need to run to him. I don't deal with the panic attacks nearly like I used to. In fact, it's pretty rare. My anxiety has to be pretty bad for that to happen. And not to say it never happens because every so often I do have a major anxiety flare up that causes a panic attack. And it's not fun. So if you are like that, where you are dealing with some high anxiety, panic attacks, things like that, that is all related to your stress, right? That's stressing your body out, stressing out your mind, your body, everything. So we got to find ways to help manage stress and anxiety so much better to where it's not consuming us and a root cause issue in our health anymore, okay? Stick to a consistent sleep schedule. We've talked about this before. Trying to stick to a consistent schedule can be really helpful. Going to bed and waking up at the same time every day, even on the weekends, can significantly improve your sleep quality. This regularity, regularity sorry, helps set your body's internal clock, making it easier to fall asleep and wake up naturally. So do the best you can in really creating a routine, a sleep schedule, if you can. Being as consistent as possible. Yes, there are going to be those nights where you're going to get to bed later than normal. It's just part of life, right? But try not to make that a habit where every weekend you're up super late and then come the weekdays, you're having trouble getting to sleep because on the weekends you went to bed really late, you were sleeping in late, threw off your whole sleep cycle. So that sets your body up into this like spiral this cycle that just continues all the time and then you're not getting good quality sleep. So try to get as consistent as you can and just know and have that freedom and flexibility that, yes, there are those times where, yes, you're going to be up later or you're going to sleep later and that's okay, but try not to make it a regular habit, okay? Consider uh, natural sleep aids. Uh, while it's always best to talk to a healthcare provider before starting any supplements, certain natural aids like melatonin, magnesium, valerian root can promote sleep. However, I'm going to put a note here on the melatonin. 
This is a really popular quote unquote natural sleep option. I do not recommend unless it's just a temporary need to reset your sleep cycle. Don't, I wouldn't recommend taking that on a regular basis. And here's why. Melatonin, we have natural melatonin in our body. It is a hormone. It is something that is produced by our brain. And if you are supplementing with a synthetic melatonin, we are now sending that signal to our brain that it doesn't need to do that on its own anymore. So then what happens? You become dependent on this synthetic melatonin because your brain doesn't even know that it needs to produce that anymore. So taking on a consistent basis, not a good idea. If you need to take it once in a great while to kind of reset things, that might be a different story. I would recommend other things like some herbs, like valerian root, some chamomile tea, magnesium. We always, most people need magnesium. We're, we tend to be depleted a lot of times at magnesium. So finding the right form of magnesium for you could be a really beneficial option. Uh, things like tart cherry. I love tart cherry. I I pour it or I mix it with some water. It makes a really delicious, yummy drink. I'll drink that. It has natural melatonin properties in tart cherry. So I'm not taking a synthetic melatonin. It has just naturally occurring properties of it in tart cherry. It's just part of tart cherry. Um, so I love that. I will drink that in the evenings a lot. Uh, calming teas, calming warm drinks, things like that can be really helpful. Try to avoid the over-the-counter sleep aids, prescription sleep aids, if possible, as much as possible. Uh, but always consult with your provider on all of that. Stay hydrated, but not right before bed, okay? Staying hydrated is essential for our overall health, but we want to be careful drinking fluids right before bed because that can lead to disrupted nighttime routine, right? It wakes us up in the night because now we have to go to the restroom. So try to limit your fluids an hour, two hours, maybe even a little bit longer than that before bedtime. On average, a lot of times people will do two to four hours before bedtime is when they'll try to avoid liquids as much as possible. Maybe having a little bit is fine, but if you're drinking like a large glass of water about an hour before bed, chances are you're going to be waking up in the night because you need to use the restroom. So try to limit those beverages right before bed and have them earlier. Maybe two to four hours before bed is your stopping point. You might want to experiment with that to sleep see what works best for you. So waking up refreshed is attainable goal with the right approach. Understanding your sleep cycle and creating a conducive sleep environment and adopting healthy habits can enhance your sleep quality and help you start your day with more energy and focus. Consistency is actually key. I'm going to say that again. Consistency is key. And small changes can make a significant difference. Now, if after implementing all these things that we've talked about and you're creating a really relaxing environment, you're winding down before bed, you're trying the calming teas, you're spending time in prayer, you're doing journaling, any of the things that we've talked about today, you're stretching and doing um, really great activities to help manage your stress and you feel like you're implementing all the things, but yet Every single day, you are not feeling up refreshed. You are really fatigued. You're tired, all that. I'm speaking to myself right there because that is me. 
There's a lot of things I do, but I still don't wake up refreshed. It's been an ongoing issue for years. If that's you, chances are you got some underlying issues that also need to be worked on, whether that's your diet, your lifestyle, maybe you've got some adrenal stuff going on, blood sugar regulation things going on, your digestive issues that are going on. There's so many different factors that can play a role in our sleep. So if we're doing all the basics, a lot of these things that we just talked about today, if we're doing all of that and still our sleep quality is a mess and we're not waking up feeling refreshed and feeling like we got a good night's sleep, there's probably some other areas that we need to look into and explore and come up with the best and most bio-individual approach and recommendation plan for you, okay? So know that, no, all these things may not work for every person, but if you are doing all these things and you're still struggling, there's more that needs to be done, okay? Don't think that, oh, that just doesn't work for me, and then you stop doing it. No, keep doing all these things because that is just one layer. We want to remember that the foundational things, the very basic things that you think, oh, those don't work, they do work, but you probably have something underlying going on that we need to work on. We need to address those issues. So as you work on your diet, you're cleaning up your diet, you're removing the toxins, you're exploring ways of better managing your stress and your time and all that, but you're still struggling with some issues, it's time to dig a little bit deeper, okay? I do currently have one spot open for an individual client. I take on a very limited number of one-on-one clients at this time. I may be phasing this out. I'm not for sure, but right now I do for sure have one spot open, possibly two, just depends. Um, So if you're someone who's been dealing with a lot of this and you're doing all the basic things, but you need that accountability, you need someone who can look at your situation with fresh eyes um, and really just help you work on all of this at a bio-individual level, then I encourage you to apply for Restore and Thrive. That's my one-on-one program. You get truly one-on-one support from me. And one of the reasons I do keep this to a limited number is because I want to make sure I'm providing you really individualized support. And I can't do that if I'm taking on 50 people. I just can't do it. But if I just have a small handful of individual clients, it's so much easier that I can provide you that one-on-one support that you need and help you get from where you're at right now to a point where you're feeling better than you have in so long. Okay. We've had clients that just through making foundational changes made huge progress, huge. And that's why I have Nourish to Thrive that I'm working on really getting that going with everybody. I want that to be a starting place because so many people have found such great benefit to just implementing what they learn there. But maybe you're someone who needs deeper work or you know, I need someone to hold me accountable, that one-on-one support, then go apply for Restore and Thrive. I would love to meet you, talk to you, see if it is the right fit. So go apply if you're interested and then we will hop on a call. We will talk things through kind of get to know each other a little bit and see if our program is a good fit for you or not. Okay. So if you're interested, head down to the description. There will be a link there for the application. Otherwise, go try these tips. Come over to the Facebook community. Let us know what you're trying, what's working, what's not working. We want to be there to support you as you are making 
changes that truly help your digestive health, your gut health, your overall health to really start thriving, getting you out of those symptoms or at least dramatically reducing those symptoms so that you feel better. It is possible. I am a walking testimony to that. Okay, to God be the glory that I am sitting here right now talking to you because my health was not good just a handful of years ago. It was pretty bad. And I'm so thankful that he did a work in me to start doing the work, open my eyes to the truth of a lot of things, making changes. And now I get to help women like you who are busy, but just want to feel better already. You're done with it. Okay, so if that is speaking to you, let's chat. I want to connect with you, whether it's over in the Facebook community or applying for a Restore and Thrive program right now. Talk to you soon. Have a great day. Hey, friends, if this podcast encouraged you and taught you something new, leave a review and hit that subscribe button. The next thing you can do is share this podcast with a friend or even in your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag us at Made to Be Thriving. Come connect with us over in our Facebook community or send us a DM over on Instagram. I pray this has blessed you in some way and you find encouragement knowing you are not alone in this journey. There is always hope and let's focus on making the progress that is possible. Information provided to date are for informational and educational purposes only. The information and education provided is not intended or implied to supplement or replace professional medical treatment, advice, and or diagnosis. I'll meet you back here soon.